with that as well. But the greatest thing about living the Christian life is understanding that he is in control. God's in control of everything. Uh, he's never lost not one ounce of power. Uh, he, he is still seated and he, on, the, on the throne and he is not worried about any circumstance that comes our way because he's in control of everything and he loves us. Hallelujah for that. He loves us. Amen. I, uh, and I want to, I want to preach a little bit this morning. I, I don't have no, I don't think, I don't, I don't think we get, we even got a screen up this morning because everything was so uh, kind of last minute really. Uh, but I want to preach this morning out of Matthew chapter number 14. So if you got your Bibles, flip over to Matthew chapter number 14. Uh, as I said earlier, we're going to be in a very familiar passage of scripture and I, I want to help you this morning, church. I, I, I wholly do. And I believe the Lord has directed me this way for this specific time that we are going through right now in our church and that, and that you are going through. Each one of us are going through something. We're facing uh, battles and trials and uh, ups and downs, but we're all going through something. Uh, but I want to help you this morning as we look into the lives of the disciples here in Matthew, Matthew chapter number 14. And we're going to begin in verse number 22. We'll read all the way down through verse number 33. So Matthew 14, 22 through 33. And if you can stand, if you're able to stand, let's stand with me, if you would, out of the reverence of reading God's word. And we'll read down through uh, these verses of scripture here. And then I want to pull out some things uh, that will help you and, and, uh, and, and maybe be an encouragement this morning. Uh, ultimately, that's what I want to be. I want to be an encouragement with God's help and with God's word. I want to give you something this morning. Matthew chapter number 14, beginning in verse number 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. In verse 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, uh, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the eve was come, he was there alone but the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with the wave tossed with waves for the wind was contrary and in the fourth watch of the night Jesus went unto them walking on the sea verse 26 and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were troubled saying it is a spirit and they cried out for fear Jesus, verse 27, but straightway Jesus spake unto them a few words here. And we'll go back to each one of these. We're going to preach our way all the way through these verses this morning. But straightway Jesus spake unto them saying, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto the water to thee. Uh, bid me to come unto the water and he said, Jesus speaking now says one word, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, uh, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. And we'll finish in verse number 33. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. I want to preach and teach us a little bit this morning out of this portion of Scripture, looking into the disciples' lives and their encounter with Jesus and their encounter with a storm. 
And I want to preach on this subject this morning, some blessings in the storms of life. Some blessings that we see in the storms of life. Let's pray. Uh, You can be seated. We'll pray and we'll jump right into the message this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us. Lord, you've already been gracious unto us and assisted the whole service. And God, I pray that you would keep your hand upon us. Lord, watch over us and help us. God, help me now. Help my voice. Lord, help my thoughts. Lord, be upon you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would have me say only what you won't say. Lord, help me this morning to be an encouragement, Lord, as we look into the lives of your disciples and as you step on the scene here, Lord, may we glean some things from it that we can apply unto our lives right now. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us. Lord, we are a needy people this morning. God, we need you. We need your touch. We need your power. We need your provision. Lord, we need your peace to fall fresh upon many of our hearts and lives this morning. God, I pray, Lord, that we would see you revealed through these scriptures, Lord, and what you offer unto us as you've shown me. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would help me to deliver the message unto your people this morning. I love you, Lord, and I thank you for all that you have done. But God, we still look forward to what you're going to do in the days ahead. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. And amen. Uh, I'm going I'm to do my best to stick with my notes here uh, as I don't want to stray too far away. I know it's Sunday morning and, and, and uh, I've already had the comment made, well, what about lunch today, Brother Brandon? I said, don't worry about lunch. Amen. <laughs> hey, we got good bread right here. Amen. So I want you to, I want you to hang on tight. I won't be long this morning. I, don't, I really don't think I'll be long this morning. I'll do my best to keep an eye on the clock there. Uh, but I want to help you, church. Uh, the Lord no doubt impressed this heavily upon my heart and then uh, having the opportunity to be able to preach this message I, I'm just I was excited for it uh, nervous yes absolutely uh, you know when you fill this pulpit behind our pastor who I believe is the greatest preacher in the world amen uh, and who has the touch of God on his life it, it, it puts a little nervousness streak in you amen <laughs> uh, like a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs you get scared and nervous up here uh, but you know, I'm thankful for his word and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to preach this morning. And I want to help you this morning. I want to help all of us this morning, whether you're going through a storm now or you will be going through a storm, this will help you. If everything's sunshine and blue skies right now, thank the Lord for it. Thank him in the good times. Don't let's, let's not forget about thanking him in the good times because it's, it's very easy to thank him after a storm, but uh, when it, whenever, you're, whenever everything's going great, every, the kids are healthy and the car's running great and the job's doing great and you're getting pay raises and the money's still in the bank, at the end of the month, that's a good thing, amen, uh, uh, give him praise. But in the midst of a storm, I want to encourage you to give him praise because we're going to learn some things this morning. I think it'll be a good help to you. Some blessings in the storms of life. And as we see the disciples here, and Jesus commands them in verse 22, Jesus commands them and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples uh, to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So we, we see the story laid out before us and no doubt we've read this story. We've heard this story preached on and so many different angles. And, uh, you know, we've heard about uh, Peter's faith and Peter's doubt. And we've heard about how Jesus is there. And, and what about the other disciples? They missed out on what they could have experienced. Uh, uh, but I want to help you a little bit this morning on speaking about some blessings in here. In this midst of the storm, in the midst of a storm that disciples, no doubt, they didn't see coming. 
I mean, you think about these, these men, if they would have thought that if there was a cloud on the horizon that could have threatened them, no doubt they would have said, Jesus, why don't we wait till the storm passes and then we'll go to the other side, right? I mean, that's the only logical sense. They would say, well, what about this? You know, but regardless of the situations, obviously it was nice. It was beautiful. They had just been ministering. This is, we're, we're following up on the, the coattails, if you would, of the feeding of the 5,000. And now uh, they're weary, they're tired, uh, they're, and they, they, they've been ministering. So you remember they, they, the Jesus prayed and blessed the food. All the disciples went out and distributed and everybody ate and then they went and collected. So they've been busy in the ministry. They've been busy in the work. And as we pick up right here, Jesus is constraining his disciples to go to the other side. Get in the ship, go to the other side. And if anything, they looked forward to this. They're like, yes, a little bit of rest and relaxation, right? Just a little bit of break from the ministry. Just a little bit. And Jesus would depart. He would help. Uh, he, he would dismiss the crowd and then he would depart himself up to a mountain and pray. But as we, as we see in this scripture, we find the disciples of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, these disciples here trapped in the grip of a fierce storm. Look at it with me, if you would, one more time here as we go down through here. And as, uh, let's pick up in verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone, verse 24. But the ship, these are where the disciples were, the ones he constrained to go. And... The ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. So we see now the disciples are now in the middle of a storm, and, and they are trapped in this storm, and they find themselves in this storm because they have been commanded by the Lord. Follow the events that unfold. It is the Lord who commanded them to go. It is the Lord who knows what will lie ahead of his disciples. The disciples did not. If they knew, they would come back. They would question. They would wonder. They would be like Lot and say, well, it's easier, Lord, if we just wait till after the storm. Uh, you know, they would wait. They would ponder and all these things. And this is, God doesn't reveal his ultimate plan to us. A lot of times we ask, we're like, God, I wish God would just write it out plain as day what he's going to do for us. I don't think we would want it. Amen. Because we would see a lot of valleys. And a lot of struggles and a lot of hardships along the way. We'd be like, you know what, Lord? I don't think it's going to be worth it. I don't want to go through that valley over there to get to there. I don't, want to, I don't want to face that hardship to get over here. The disciples had no idea that this storm was going to be among them. Jesus constrained his disciples to go to the other side. He dismissed the crowd. He, he himself departed into a mountain to pray. These men were in the will of the Lord, yet we see them struggling in the storm toiling and rowing, trying to make it to the other side. But we see the wind was contrary. And we're, this is the introduction. We're building up to where we're going. These men were in the, will of the, in the will of the Lord, yet we see them struggling against this storm. Try as they might. However, it appears that they were unable to make any headway. These winds were in their faces and every row they would probably row forward, they would get pushed back twice as far trying to take that next row. They were struggling in this storm. And the wind was in their faces, and we see that laid out for us. And these men were stuck in the storm and were unable to get out. I'll follow that up with a question this morning. Have you ever felt like you've been there? We all have. We've all felt like everything was going great. We're in the will of the Lord. We're serving God, and, and everything is going great. Uh, we're, we're in church. We're tithing. We're, we're serving. We're assisting. We're reading our Bible. We're, we're praying, and we're doing everything that God has commanded us to do, and yet still, 
Now we find ourselves in the middle of the storm, unable to make any headway. We've all been there, whether you're going through one now, coming out of one, or getting ready to go in one. Storms of life are going to happen. Understand, though, that God knows about these storms. And during these storms, they will help us if we allow God to work. And that's ultimately where we're going to get to here in just a moment. But have you found yourself in that place where it seems like you can't get out? The storm is there and you, you, found, your play, you found yourself stuck in one of life's storms. And no matter how hard you try and no matter what you do, it seems like you cannot make any headway to get out. We've all been there and we've all had times like this. And this is where the disciples are now. They only went to the other side because Jesus told them to. It was the will of the Lord for these men to get in the boat and go to the other side. And yet they find themselves in the middle of the storm for hours, toiling and rowing and struggling. This was supposed to be a break, Brother Mike. This was supposed to be a little bit of a rest as they journeyed across. They had just been ministering and pouring themselves out and serving one another and helping in the ministry. And now they get a rest. And then all of a sudden, nope, here comes a storm. And now it wasn't smooth sailing, now it's rowing. It's struggle, it's struggle, trying to make a little bit of headway, but they can't make no headway. All that's laying the foundation for where we get to right here. Number one, number one, storms are God's means of transportation. Storms, the storms that come in our life are a means for God's transportation. The very thing the disciples feared, the sea, was the very thing that the Lord uses as his vehicle to reveal himself unto them. And he will do the same for you in your life and mine. Notice how Jesus came to them that night. Look at your Bibles here. So we see, we just read verse 24. Uh, now the ship was in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. Look at verse number 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, who? Jesus went unto them. What's the next few words? Walking on the sea. Notice this. This storm that came upon them in their life was the same vehicle that Jesus uses to reveal himself unto his disciples. Notice how he comes and when he comes. He comes in the face of darkness. He comes in the face of darkness. Hey, listen now, listen. And in the fourth watch of the night, Fourth watch, that is somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., the darkest part of the night. Here they are, toiling and rowing, trying to make it to the other side. Jesus tells them to go over there. He finishes up and getting everybody going home and getting everybody situated. He goes and prays in a mountain alone. And now the ship is in the midst of the sea and they're toiling and they're rowing and they're struggling and they're in the middle of the storm. God knows that. And he uses that storm as his vehicle, his means of transportation to reveal himself unto them. He comes in the darkness. The Bible says that Jesus came to them in the fourth watch. And that is somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. During the darkest hours of the night, Jesus came walking on the water. And you may be walking in darkness to this morning and wondering where he is. You may be facing the biggest storm of your life and the biggest struggle of your life. And it may seem the dark when you have no light and no hope. But listen, in the middle of your storm, Jesus can show up just like he did the disciples. When they thought all hope was lost, when they were struggling and toiling and rowing, because you see, here's the thing, they knew where they left Jesus. 
They left him on the shore. They knew he was finishing up. And he says, hey, fellas, you go ahead. I'm going to stay back here and take care of this. And now they find themselves in the middle of the storm, rowing and toiling and, and not making any headway. This wind was pushing them back every single way. Listen, let me remind you that God is ever with you and I. In Hebrews chapter number 13, verse number 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Let me read that one more time. If you're going through a valley, you're going through darkness right now, you may be getting ready to listen to the words. Jesus will never leave you. Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Let me remind you today that in the darkest hours of life, God is still God and he is still in control of your life. He loves you. He would not do anything to harm you as his child. He loves you. And when the storms come, sometimes it's hard to see how he loves us and what he's going to do and how he's going to work and how am I going to make it through. But understand that he's never left you. He's always been right beside you. Listen, hey. First uh, Kings chapter eight, verse number 12, then spake Solomon. The Lord said that he would that he would dwell in the thick darkness. Psalm 139, 11 and 12. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Verse number 12. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee. But the night shineth as the day, the darkness as the light are both alike to thee. Even in the darkest hours of life cannot hide you from the face of God. He is there even when we cannot see him. Understand that his presence is there. I want you to notice this as well. He comes in the face of disaster. Not only do we see in verse 25, look at it with me again, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the water. So we know he comes in darkness, but less than to this church, uh, hey, he comes in the face of disaster. The disciples were in a fight for their life, and Mark 6, 48 reminds us that they were toiling and rowing. They were weary and rowing. They were tired of rowing, but they were making no headway, still struggling to try to do the will of the Lord, what God had told them to do. And that is that they were struggling against this storm. I get the impression that these men were afraid for their lives when they thought all hope was gone and that they were doomed until, until someone shows up on the scene. Look at it with me. And the fourth watch of the night in the darkness, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. I believe I probably would have too. Amen. <laughs> I mean, you think about it. These men have been toiling and rowing and struggling in the darkness of the night. And, and get this now. I mean, we're talking pitch dark. It is dark. 
When a storm comes, it hides the cloud and the moons. Amen. When the wind comes, hey, when wind comes in and begins to blow the boat around and causing issues, now panic sets in. Fear sets in. They're just trying to make it to the other side. The storm has set up shop right over top of them, causing them to struggle. But yet we see Jesus there in the darkness with them and coming when disaster hits. There are times when we feel like we have lost the battle with our storm, but may I remind you that just as surely as the Lord is in control of your blessings, he is also in charge of your storms. Let me say that one more time for you. I want you to catch it. There are times when we feel like we've lost the battle with our storms. But may I remind you that just as assuredly as the Lord is in control of your blessings, he is also in control, in charge of the storm that you're going through. And when things look the bleakest, look around you because that may be when Jesus will begin to show up and show out in your life. That's when he shows up. In the dark, he comes in disaster. He also comes on the face of the deep. Get this now. And the fourth watch of the night in the darkness, in disaster, in destruction, the men don't know what's going on. They're just trying to make it to the other side. And yet the storm is preventing them from doing the will that God has laid out for them. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. I want you to get this, church. He comes on the face of the deep. And the face of the deep. Listen, the very thing the disciples feared, the raging sea, was the very thing that God used as his means to come unto them. Could he have gotten in a boat and just rode up beside them like it wasn't nothing? Absolutely, he could because he's God. But he chose to walk, not just on the water, but on the raging water. The water wasn't calm. The water was still uh, raging. It was still rocking the boat back and forth. It was causing it to go up and causing it to go down. They were facing the storm and yet now we see Jesus not only coming in the darkness in disaster, but he walks on the deep. He comes in on the deep and what a testimony this is that he was not, he was not telling them that the storm was not fierce. He was telling them that he was greater than the storm. The storms that they were facing, the issue that they were facing, he was walking on, meaning that it was no bother to him. He is in control of everything. When the storms of life begin to rage in our life, we have to remember that he is still in control. He is greater than our storms. He is greater than our problems. He is greater than any trials that we will face here. And that's what he shows us by walking to them. What a testimony this was. Telling them that I'm greater than this wind. And I'm greater than the seas that rocking your boat. I'm greater than anything that you're going to face. This storm is nothing compared to me. And that is still his word to you today. Regardless of what you're facing in life, remember that Jesus is greater than the storm. You may be facing right now, but he is greater. Listen, if you will be patient and wait for him, he will show up right on time. He will show up right on time. It may not be on our time, Brother Looney, but he will show up right on time. And he's always been faithful to show up right on time. You see, uh, the, the storm was used by the Lord to make himself clear. 
that he that he can overcome these things and that he is over the storm. And if you'll remember, not too long ago, our preacher preached on the Apostle Paul and how he had that thorn in the flesh in 2 Corinthians 12 and verses 1 through 10. And God used Paul's storm, that thorn in the flesh, to show up and show up and show in God and show up in Paul's life. He began to work in him and mold him into what he wanted him to be. Listen, see, God uses the storms of our life to show up and to help us. He reveals things to us as we're going through these storms. And we'll see that here in just a minute. What I'm trying to tell you here this morning is don't fear the storms of life. They have been designed by the Lord as a mean of bringing him closer to you. He planned them and they are, and they are for you to be good. And listen, he, he's planned everything for your good. In Romans chapter number 8, verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good the, to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. We may not understand why the storm came in, but understand that there will be good out of it. We don't understand a lot of things. And we never will until we get to glory and then it won't matter but we don't know why we go through struggles in life we don't know why we face these certain storms but understand that God will use them for his good and for his glory number two very quickly here the storms are God's means of testing the storms are God's means of testing look back at your scripture in verse 25 and when the, and the fourth watch of the night Jesus went unto them walking on the sea and, and the disciples saw him walking on the sea and they were troubled saying it is a spirit and they cried out for fear. Verse 27, but straightway Jesus spake unto them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Get this now, listen, they reveal the Savior. In the middle of a storm, it will reveal the Savior to you. When Jesus, when, when, Jesus, when Jesus came walking on the water, the disciples did not recognize him. And they, they thought he was a ghost and they cried out in fear. But thank God Jesus came with a message of peace and of power. Get what he speaks. He came to them with a word of peace. Be of good cheer. He came to them with a word of power. It is I. He, come to, he came unto them with a word of peace potential be not afraid three phrases that the Lord uses here that speaks volumes and it reveals himself unto the disciples but straightway Jesus spake unto them be of good cheer it is I be not afraid the storms of life have the potential to reveal the Savior in us in a way that we that he has never been revealed to us before Storms of our lives bring us closer to the Lord. It brings the Lord closer to us, but also it reveals himself. A message of peace. We see this here. Listen, they were still in the storm when he came unto them and he said, cheer up, be of good cheer. The storm is still raging. And yet Jesus comes unto them walking on their problem and says unto them, be of good cheer. Lord, what are you talking about? Be of good cheer. I'm tired. I'm weary. We're just trying to do your, we're trying to go to the other side where he told us to go, but we can't make any headway. The wind's holding us back and the waves and all these. He says, be of good cheer. He speaks of them a message of peace. Listen, and this is the peace that only God can give. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, be, a, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Hang on to verse number 7. And the peace of God and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. 
So understand this. In the middle of your storm, understand this, that not only does he come unto you in the darkness, in destruction, and he walks on the deep, meaning that he walks right on top of the problems that you have, and he knows them, and he walks up right beside you. Think about it. They were in the boat, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. It's dark. He had to be close for him to see him. I mean, you think about it in pitch darkness, you can't see that very far off. And Jesus would walk up beside the boat, walking unto them in the middle of the storm, and he'll do the same for you right now. And in the middle of that storm, as he speaks unto his disciples, hey, be of good cheer. It is I. A message of power. A message of power. When Jesus showed up, he was declaring his identity. It is I, the same I that says I am the door. The same I that says I am the way, the truth, and the life. The same I that says I am the bread of life. The same I that says I am the good shepherd. Hey, you get the picture? Hey, he declares unto them peace and then reminds him of who's in control. Be of good cheer in your storm. How, Lord, how? Because it's I. If we'll get a hold of that one. It is high. A message of power. Jesus is telling his disciples to cheer up. God's here. If we ever grasp that truth that Jesus is the great I am and that he, is, he has all power in heaven and earth. And Matthew reminds us of that. Matthew 28 and verse 13. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. It is only then can we enjoy peace. In the midst of our storm, understand that he's in control. Be of good cheer. It is I. He's in control of it. And he won't let nothing come your way that you can't handle. That he won't give you the grace to make it through. He is there walking beside you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. A message of potential. Jesus also issues this. Be not afraid. That's a potential. Because... They have to believe. They have to believe, Brother Looney. Get this now. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit, and cried out for fear. Verse 27, but straightway Jesus spake unto the same, be of good cheer. Hey, cheer up. It is I. Be not afraid. That's potential. Meaning they have to believe the first... Mm. They have to believe the first two. <laughs> Be of good cheer. It is I. The Lord showed up on the scene. Things are about to change. Circumstances are about to turn around. Something big is about to happen in your life. Hey, and here's the potential. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Get this now. You see, if we can ever get a hold of the fact that, that, that Jesus is in control of every area of our lives, that he is God and he possesses all power, then we can come to that place when we can fully trust him in the storms of our lives. And the storm and the storm of, storms of life are a blessing because they reveal the Savior in a brand new way unto us. Number next, very quickly here, they refine the spirit as well. When Peter heard that it was the Lord, Peter wanted to join Jesus. Look at the response, if you would. And the disciples, verse 26, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. They're in the storm, now they're scared. 
but straightway. mm, Let me pause right there. I love that right there. You know what that means? There was no hesitation. When he heard them cry out in fear, there was no hesitation. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. But look at verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. There's the potential in action. Believing in who he was and the peace that he can give. They're going to refine the saint here. We see Peter, uh, when, he was, when he heard that it was the Lord and Peter wanted to join the Lord and G, Lord, Lord Jesus walking on that water, Jesus simply told Peter one word. He said, come. He didn't say, all right, now before you walk on the water, I want you to do this, this, and this, and this. <laughs> he said, just come. <laughs> he said, just come. I told you who I am. I am here. Be of good cheer. Be not afraid. It is I. Come. Right? We see it laid out before us. Jesus simply told Peter to come. Peter obeyed and he too walked on the water. Look at verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come, uh, bid me to come unto, unto thee on the water. Verse 29. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he, what's the next word? Walked. <laughs> he walked on the problem. He walked on the disaster. He walked on what was causing them so much distress and anguish and the anxiety. He walked on the water. Notice the next few words. Where was he going? To go to Jesus. <laughs> the problem solver. The problem walker. Hey, he's the sea walker. Amen. And listen, when the troubles come, he's there. He's there in the midst. If we'll listen and incline an ear, he'll say to you the same thing. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And when we realize that and we grab a hold of that, we too can say, Lord, if that's you in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our, Lord, if that's you, I don't see another way out. But Lord, if that's you, bid me to come and you'll draw closer unto him. I believe, my, I believe my Bible says, and yours says, well, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. It is an action that we have to put in place though, right? Who goes first? <laughs> Jesus patiently waits for us to go to him. But the moment we take the first step, he's already began his process. It doesn't say, all right, hey, listen, you come unto me and I'll give you peace. <laughs> He says, draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. It means you start walking from over here and I'll start from over here and I'll meet you in the middle. Hey, well, you ain't got to go the whole way by yourself. I'll be right where you are. Peter answered and in verse 28, Peter answered and said unto him, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Peter had a story to tell. I walked on the water. Better yet, I walked on the storm of my life. I walked to the Savior during my storm. That's where he was going. That's where his direction was. Get this now. Hey, very quickly here. They remind the saint. Not only only do they refine the saint, but yet they will remind the saint. Peter walked on the water like Jesus. He put the Lord to the test and stepped onto the waves. However, he soon took his eyes off the Lord. And when he did, he found himself in trouble. He remembered, though, 
who was in control and he called out unto him. Follow with me if you will. Verse 28 again, and Peter answered and said unto him, Lord, if it be thou, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Get this now in verse number 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was, what's that next word? Afraid. Once again, he was afraid. Why? Simply put, he got his eyes off the Savior. But listen, but he realized something. You see, he realized something the whole, every step that he was taking as he was walking on top of the storm, walking on top of the waters with Jesus, he realized something. Who was really in control? I am. Be of good cheer. I am. Be of good cheer. I am. He remembered something. So get this now. When he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried three words. You know him saying with me, Lord, save me. He knew who was in control. He knew who to call out to whenever he thought he was going down again. Lord, if, that, if that's you, bid me to come the first time. The second time, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. I can't walk on the storm by myself. I can't go through the trials of life by myself. Because you see, that's what happened. The moment he stepped out of the boat, he had his eyes fixed on Jesus, walking on the water, walking on the storm. The storm does not calm down until yet Jesus makes his way back into the boat with Peter. So the storm is still raging and he is focused. He is walking on the storm, on, his, on the water, on the troubles, on the doubt, on the fear, directly to Jesus. Why was he able to walk on the water? Why was he able to overcome? the storm? Why was he able to make it that far? Because he had his eyes fixed on one who had everything under control. But the moment, but the moment he got his eyes off the Lord, beginning to sink. We've all been there. When we've been in a storm facing issues of life and all of a sudden it seems like, wait a minute, the water's starting to calm down a little bit. The skies are starting to clear up a little bit. All right, Lord, I, I can do the rest by myself. I, thank you for getting me out of the, the worst part. Thank you for helping me a little bit. I'll, I'll take it from here. I'll take it from here. Beginning to sink. Because he got his eyes off the Lord. We watched families come into this church and God do the miraculous take a broken marriage and mend it back together. Pull them out of the storms of their life. Everything was great serving the Lord. Their kids were involved. Everything was right on track, right where God wanted them to be because they had their eyes on the Lord. And then something happened and they got their eyes on somebody or something and completely got their eyes off the Lord. But Peter realized something, beginning to sink, the Bible says. Beginning. I don't think he waited. I don't think the water actually made it over top of his toes, brother. <laughs> I believe once the water just, whoop, he, what, hey, whoop, mm-mm, something, something ain't right. I'm not on top side where I should be. Beginning to sink. See, Peter realized something. That beginning to sink, he had to cry out to the one who gave him the ability to walk that far. You and I, if we're not careful, 
When the Lord clears the way and he begins to, uh, the, the gray clouds began to turn blue again and the rain stops and, and all of a sudden it looks like it's going to be smooth sailing again. If we're not careful, we'll get our eyes off the Lord. And we'll get them on something else. And all of a sudden, here comes that rain. Here comes that storm. Here comes that valley again. You know how you stay out of the valleys? You're going to go through them. But it's much easier to go through them with him. Jesus Christ. It's much easier to walk through a valley hand in hand with the one who can give you the power and the grace to make it through. Peter realized something. The Bible says there in verse, in verse number 30, and when he saw the wind boisterous and he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. He realized the one, the only one who could save him out of that disaster, out of that destruction, out of that storm. Number three, very quickly here and we're done. I want you to get this last point though. The storms are God's means of testimony. It's a tough one to hang on with me. Number one, I want you to see this very quickly. They testify of his power. They testify of his power. Jesus calmed the storm. He didn't say anything. Look at your scripture again. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it, be, if it be thou, bid me to come on the water. Storm's still raging, don't forget. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship on the stormy water, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But he saw the wind boisterous and was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Verse 31, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Catch verse 32. And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. We don't have a record of Jesus going, all right, wind stop. That's enough. Mm -mm. This is his power. When they make it back to the boat. Because you see, there's a picture that you and I have to see. That yes, in the storms of life, understand that Jesus will be there with you. In the darkest the most destructive part of life in that darkness, he's there. And yet he calls unto us and reminds us, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And if we'll hold on to those things and understand those things, then we like Peter can say, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come, get me out of the storm. I want to walk close beside you. God, I need you. And he'll say, come. We draw nigh unto him, he draws nigh unto us. Peter got his eyes off the Lord. Beginning to sink, though, he cried out. Beginning to sink, which is quick, right? Not going down, not up to his neck, and then, oh, Lord, save me. No, beginning to sink. When he first realized, I'm going down again. I've messed up again. I've got my eyes off the Lord. I need help again. Beginning to sink, he cries out, I love this immediately. Jesus stretched. Jesus didn't preach to him a three-point sermon on how to get right as he's going down. No, immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and pulled him. They walked hand in hand back to that boat. The storm was still raging. The storm was still going on. The storm of their life was still taking place. And yet he got to experience the power of God again. He had it. He 
was walking the Lord. He was walking on the storm, but he got his eyes off the Lord, beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. The Lord pulled him back up. And now he was walking and experienced the power of God in his life again and the peace that only God can give as they walked back to the boat together. It is only then that the storm is ceased. Verse 32, and when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Listen, they, 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 they testify of his power. And one day he's going to do the same in your life. And you may be going through the storm of your life thinking there's no hope. Everything is lost. It's dark in here, God. And you've been crying out, begging for him to intercede and to work on your behalf. Can I remind you that he's there and he listens. He inclines an ear unto us when we cry out unto him. He'll do the same for you. He'll pull you out of your storm and walk with you. And isn't that a joy to know that he walks right beside us, that we don't have to go through these things alone? He could have he said, all right, Peter, now that you trust me again, walk back to the boat. He could have done that, but he didn't. Immediately he stretched forth his hand. I don't, I don't know if Peter ever let go, Brother Looney. I wouldn't. I, don't, I, mean, I, just, I mean, think about it. I, I wouldn't let go. If, if I was going down on a stormy sea, get the picture. And I'm beginning to sink. Lord, save me. Hand comes out. I grab his. I don't think I'm going to let go, brother. <laughs> I think I'm going to walk with him hand in hand all the way back to the boat. You and I have that same ability, but we have to call out to him. If Peter never called, Jesus would have waited. He's a gentleman. He won't force himself on anybody. But he called out and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. The power, the te they testify of his power. God, the storms of life testify of his power. They testify of his person. And we're done here. When Jesus stilled the storm, the disciples knew that they were in the presence of God. Look at it with me in your scriptures. Verse 32. And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Pay close attention to verse number 33. Then they that were in the ship came and what's that next word? Worshiped him, saying of a truth, thou art the son of God. You see, they realized something. They testify of his person. When Jesus stilled the storm, the disciples knew that they were in the presence of God. They confessed him and bowed down and worshiped him and his power in the storms and his power in the storms and over the storms of life testify of his person. They tell us that God, they tell us that God is in control of everything of our life. And when storms come in, they are designed to bring us to the place as the disciples found themselves in the end on our knees, worshiping him in the storm. After the storm, we have that ability, church. You as a child of God, he loves you and he wants to be near unto you. Even when it seems like all hope is lost, he is there in the midst. He's there with us. And amen goes right there. I'm so thankful. We're done, to, we're done this morning. Listen, I am so thankful that I don't have to walk through my storms alone. That I don't have to toil and toil and toil and toil and toil until I can't toil anymore. I'm so thankful that he shows up in the darkness.
I'm so thankful that he shows up in the destruction. When we can't see any good, God is still there. And he loves us with a love that will not stop. But there's something that we have to do. As Peter realized, when we go through the storms, we have to keep our eyes where? On him. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get thrown off to the side. Abel, go ahead and make your way to the piano, brother. Do not, do not get your eyes on somebody because people fail you all the time. Don't get your eyes on me because I will let you down. Not saying I'll do it on purpose, amen, but I'll let you down. I'm human. We all are. We make mistakes. But get your eyes on one who will never let you down. Get your eyes on the one that when you cry out, Lord, save me, and it feels like you're going down for the last time, immediately that hand stretched forth and he helps you up. And he doesn't calm down the storm just yet, but he walks with you hand in hand through that storm until you get back to the boat. And then you finish the journey to the other side where they were commanded to go in the first place. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment. We'll have a moment of invitation. I hope you got the story and the message within the story this morning, church. Listen, valleys are going to come. Hard times are going to come. Storms of life will come. But it's so easy. As long as we keep our eyes on him. Say, Brother Brandon, you don't understand what storm I'm going through. You don't understand the heartache, the trial, the burden that I'm carrying right now. You're right. I don't. But I know one who does. I know one who loves you and he wants the best for you. And I know one who says, child, you don't have to walk alone. Hey, church, I know one who wants to walk not only right beside you, but wants to hold your hand. In the middle of the storm, he's there. When you think all hope is lost, he's there. I said, Brother Brandon, you don't understand. I've messed up. Oh, I used to have a walk like that. Brother Brandon, I used to love the Lord, walk right there. I, I kept my eyes on him. Serving him with everything. I was like Peter. I was able to walk on some of my storms. But then something happened, Brother Brandon. I got my eyes off the Lord. I got sidetracked. I got taken off guard. I began to sink, falling away. Oh, but can I remind you just like Peter? <laughs> you only have to cry out unto him. Lord, save me. He'll grab you by the hand, pull you back out, put you back on top side, walking with him. See, that's part of humbling ourselves down, though. We have to realize that we cannot. Church, we cannot face the storms of life in our own strength. We cannot do it on ourselves. We need him. We have to have him. Listen, I don't know what you're going through this morning, but can I encourage you to bring it to him?
Church, can I encourage you to just bring it to him this morning? Oh, he loves you. And he wants to take all your cares, all your burdens, all your anxieties. We taught in the adult Sunday school class, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. <laughs> he loves you. You may be here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. You never put your faith and trust in him as your personal Savior. You never realized that you're lost and on your way to hell, eternally separated from him. Can I encourage you this morning to come? Why don't we do this this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed? Nobody's looking, nobody's looking. If you're unsure of your salvation, if you say, Brother Brandon, I don't know. Brother Brandon, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. If I took my final breath right now, if I didn't make it home this evening, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. I don't know if I'm saved, Brother Brandon. Would you raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. You can take it up, raise it up and take it right back down. I just want to pray for you. Brother Brandon, I'm lost. Brother Brandon, I'm lost. I don't know Jesus as my Savior. Oh, but I would sure like to. I would sure like to know the one that you just preached about. I want to know that I am is there with me through my storms and through my valleys. Brother Brandon, I'm not sure about my salvation. Slip your hand up and take it right back down. Child of God this morning, what is it that you're going through that you need to take to Him? What is it this morning? Let's all stand for just a moment with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Everyone stand to our feet. Eyes closed, head bowed. Nobody's looking, nobody's looking. Do business this morning. Listen, he loves you and he don't want you to go through the storms of life by yourself. And you don't have to. You don't have to face these issues of life by yourself. And what a joy that is knowing that he not only wants to be there, but he wants to walk with you. And only he will give you that peace that passes all understanding. Would you take your burden to him this morning? Would you take it to him this morning? Abel's gonna play just for a little bit. We'll give another short moment of invitation. You do as the Lord has spoken unto you. Many have already made their way, but there may be one here still. You're still toiling and rowing in the storm of your life all by yourself. Would you come to him today? Just another moment.